Story eight of the Third Circle by Frank Norris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story eight The Disassociated Charities. There used to be a place in feudal Paris called the Court of Miracles, and Mr. Victor Hugo has told us all about it. This court was a quarter of the town where the beggars lived, and it was called of the miracles, because once, across its boundaries, the blind saw, the lame walked, and the poor cared not to have the gospel preached unto them. San Francisco has its court of miracles, too. It is a far cry thither, for it lies on the other side of Chinatown and Dagotown, and blocks beyond Luna's restaurant. It is in the valley between Telegraph Hill and Russian Hill, and you must pass through it as you go down to Mike's Wharf where the government tugs tie up. One has elected to call it the Court of Miracles, but it is not a court, and the days of miracles are over. It is a row of seven two-story houses, one of them brick. The brick house is over a saloon kept by a Kanaka woman and called the Eiffel Tower here san francisco's beggars live and have their being that is a good many of them the doubled-up old man with the white beard and neck handkerchief who used to play upon a zither and the sympathies of the public on the corner of sutter street has moved out and one can find no trace of him and father elphick the white-headed vegetarian of lotta's fountain is dead but plenty of the others are left the neatly dressed fellow with dark blue spectacles who sings the marseillaise accompanying himself upon an infinitesimal hand-organ is here mrs mcleverty is here and the old bare-headed man who sits on the street corner by the bohemian club after six o'clock in the evening and turns the crank of a soundless organ has here set up his everlasting rest the beggars of the seven houses are genuine miserables perhaps they have an organization and a president i don't know but i do know that leander and i came very near demoralizing the whole lot of them more strictly speaking it was leander who did the deed i merely looked on and laughed but leander says that by laughing i lent him my immoral support and am therefore party to the act leander and i had been dining at the red house which is a wine-shop that gillette burgess discovered in an alley not far from the county jail leander and i had gone there because we liked to sit at its whittled tables and drink its vin ordinaire tres ordinaire out of tin gill measures also we like its salad and its thick slices of bread that you eat after you have rubbed them with an onion or a bit of garlic we always go there in evening dress in order to impress the proletariat on this occasion after we had dined and had come out again into the gas and gaiety of the mexican quarter we caromed suddenly against clunas clunas is connected with some sort of a charitable institution that has a house somewhere in the quarter he says that he likes to alleviate distress wherever he sees it and that after all the best thing in life is to make some poor fellow happy for a few moments 
Leander and I had nothing better to do that evening, so we went around with Clunas and watched him as he gave a month's rent to an infirm old lady on Stockton Street, a bundle of magazines to a whining old rascal at the top of a nigger tenement, and some good advice to a Chinese girl who didn't want to go to the Presbyterian Mission House. "'That's my motto,' says he as we came away from the Chinese girl. "'Alleviate misery wherever you see it, and try and make some poor fellow happy for a few moments.' "'Ah, yes!' exclaimed this farceur Leander sanctimoniously, while I stared. "'That's the only thing worth while,' and he sighed and wagged his head. Clunas went on to tell us about a deserving case he had—we were going there next— in fact innocently enough he described the seven houses to us never suspecting they were the beggars headquarters he said there was a poor old paralytic woman living there who had developed an appetite for creamed oysters it's the only thing said clunas that she can keep on her stomach she told you so asked leander yes yes well she ought to know we arrived at the seven houses, and Clunas paused before the tallest and dirtiest. Here's where she lives. I'm going in for a few moments. Have a drink first, suggested Leander, fixing his eyes upon the saloon under the brick house. We three went in and sat down at one of the little round zinc tables, painted to imitate marble, and the Kanaka woman herself brought us our drinks. While we were drinking, one of the beggars came in. He was an Indian, totally blind, and in the daytime played a mouth-organ on Grant Avenue near a fashionable department store. Mm, "'Tut-tut,' said Clunas. "'Poor fellow. Blind, you see. What a pity. I'll give him a quarter.' "'No, let me!' exclaimed Leander. As he spoke, the door opened again, and another blind man groped in. This fellow I had seen often. He sold lavender in little envelopes on one of the corners of Kearney Street. He was a stout, smooth-faced chap, and always kept his chin in the air. "'What misery there is in the world!' sighed Clunas, as his eye fell upon this ladder. "'One half the world don't know how. Look, they know each other,' said Leander. The lavender man had groped his way to the Indian's table. Evidently it was their especial table, and the two had fallen a-talking.' They ordered a sandwich apiece and a small mug of beer. "'Let's do something for him," exclaimed Clunas, with a burst of generosity. "'Let's make him remember this night for years to come. Look at him trying to be happy over a bit of dry bread and a pint of flat beer. I'm going to give him a dollar each.' "'No, no,' protested Leander. "'Let me fix it. I've more money than you. Let me do a little good now and then. You don't want to hog all the philanthropy, Clunas.' i'll give them something it would be very noble and generous of you indeed cried clunas and you'll feel better for it see if you don't but i must go to my paralytic you fellows wait for me i'll be down in twenty minutes i frowned at leander when clunas was gone now what tomfoolery is it this time said i tomfoolery exclaimed leander blankly it's philanthropy by jove here's another chap with his lamps blown out look at him a third unfortunate blind as the other two had just approached the indian and the lavender man the three were pals one could see that at half a glance no doubt they met at this table every night for beer and sandwiches 
the last blind man was a dutchman i had seen him from time to time on market street with a cigar-box tied to his waist and a bunch of pencils in his fist eins called the dutchman to the kanaka as he sat down with the lavender man and the indian eins mit ahem sendvij excuse me said leander coming up to their table what was it did those three beggars their instinct trained by long practice recognize the alms-giver in the sound of leander's voice or in the step it is hard to say but instantly each one of them dropped the mildly convivial and assumed the humbly solicitous air turning his blind head towards leander listening intently leander took out his purse and made a great jingling with his money now i knew that leander had exactly fifteen dollars no more no less fifteen dollars and three five-dollar gold pieces not a penny of change could it be possible that he was going to give a gold piece to the three beggars it was evidently for i heard him say excuse me i've often passed you fellows on the street in town and i guess i've always been too short of change or in too much of a hurry to remember you but i'm going to make up for it now if you'll permit me here he jingled his money here is a five-dollar gold piece that i'd like to have you spend between the three of you to-night and drink my health and uh, have a good time you know catch on they caught on may god bless you young man exclaimed the old lavender man the indian grunted expressively the dutchman twisted about in his place and shouted in the direction of the bar Mecht ut er bottlebilsner und er truffel mit einem imported frankfurter by der side on the kanaka woman came up and the dutchman repeated his order the lavender man paused reflectively tapping his brow then he delivered himself a half-spring chicken he said with profound gravity rather underdone and some chicory salad and a bottle of white wine put the bottle in a little warm water for about two minutes and some lyonnaise potatoes with onions and donnerwetter shouted the dutchman genug smiting the table with his fist the other subsided the kanaka woman turned to the indian whisky he grunted plenty whisky big beefsteak so and he measured off a yard on the table leander said i when he rejoined me that was foolishness you've thrown away your five dollars and these fellows are going to waste it in riotous living you see the results of indiscriminate charity i've not thrown it away clunas would say that if it made them happier according to their lights it was well invested i hate the charity that means only medicines clean sheets new shoes and sewage let em be happy in their own way there could be no doubt that the three blind men were happy they loaded their table with spring chickens gota truffles beefsteaks and all manner of alcoholic beverages till the zinc disappeared beneath the accumulation of plates and bottles they drank each other's health and they pledged that of leander standing up the dutchman ordered zwei bilsner more already the lavender man drank his warmed white wine with gasps of infinite delight and after the second whisky-bottle had been opened the indian began to say strange and terrible things in his own language clunas came in and beamed on them see how happy you've made them leander he said gratefully they'll always remember this night 
they always will said leander solemnly i've got to go though said clunis i made as if to go with him but leander plucked my coat under the table i caught his eye i guess we two will stay said i clunis left thanking us again and again i don't know what it is said i seriously to leander but to-night you seem to me to be too good to be wholesome i said leander blankly but i suppose i should expect to be misjudged just then the kanaka woman came over to give us our check this is on me said leander but he was so slow in fumbling for his purse that i was obliged in all decency to pay after she left us the kanaka went over to the blind men's table and check-pad in hand ran her eye over the truffles beer chicken beefsteak wine and whiskey and made out her check four dollars six bits she announced there was a silence not one of the blind men moved watch now said leander four six bits repeated the kanaka her hand on her hip still none of the blind men moved Wilden, cried the dutchman wish von you two fellas has dus money pay oop vier tallers und sachs beats i haven't it exclaimed the lavender man jim has it he added turning to the indian no have got no have got grunted the indian you have got you or charlie i looked at leander now what have you done for answer leander showed me three five-dollar gold pieces in the palm of his hand each one of those chaps thinks that one of the other two has the gold please i just pretended to give it to one of them jingled my coin and then put it back i didn't give him a cent each one thought i had given it to the other two how could they tell they were blind don't you see i reached for my hat i'm going to get out of here leander pulled me back not just yet wait a few moments listen val val cried the dutchman beginning to get red you don't want to cheat mrs amalia and perhaps yes zim he cried to the indian pay up or is it you den mere spet dat hab dos fimp dollars no have got gurgled the indian swaying in his place as he canted the neck of the whisky bottle towards his lips i thought you had the money protested mr bates the lavender man you or jim no have got whooped the indian beginning to get angry ah oh, you got money he give you money and he turned his face towards the dutchman that's what i thought asserted mr bates thousand teufels no shouted the other i tell you no you you growled the indian plucking at mr bates coat sleeve you have got yaza cried the dutchman shaking his finger at the lavender man excitedly pay dos fantollers mis prats pay yourself exclaimed the other i haven't touched them i'll be any name i'll be any name if i've touched them well i ain't going to wait here all night shrilled the kanaka woman impatiently the dutchman shook his finger solemnly towards where he thought the indian was sitting it's der injun it's zim get her from zim lie lie vociferated the indian white man lie no have got you have got or you i'll turn my pockets inside out exclaimed mr bates schmarty cried the dutchman can i see dose pockets thief thief exclaimed the indian shaking his long black hair you steal money the other two turned on him savagely 
there ain't no man going to call me that but he say wait and i will his head mit der bottle demolish who you say dat to me or mr bates oh you make me tired cried the lavender man you two one of you two pay mrs amalia and quit fooling come on cried the kanaka pay up or i'll ring for the police vooling vooling cried the dutchman dancing in his rage you sheets mrs amalia and you call dot vooling who cheats cried the other two simultaneously bah how i know yelled the dutchman purple to the eyes how do i know bitch the kanaka turned to leander say which of these fellows did you give the money to leander came up ah now we will know said the dutchman leander looked from one to the other then an expression of perplexity came on to his face he scratched an ear well i thought it was this german gentleman but only it seems to me i had the money in my left hand and he you see is on the right hand of the table it might have been him and then again it might have been one of the other two gentlemen it's so difficult to remember wasn't it you turning to mr bates no it wasn't you to the indian but it couldn't have been the indian gentleman and it couldn't have been mr bates here and yet i'm sure it wasn't the german gentleman and however i must have given it to one of the three didn't i lay the coin down on the table and go away and leave it leander struck his forehead yes i think that's what i did i'm sorry he said to the kanaka that you were having any trouble it's some misunderstanding oh i'll get it all right returned the kanaka confidently come on one of you fellows dig up then the quarrel broke out afresh the three blind men rose to their feet blackguarding and vilifying one another till the room echoed now it was mr bates and the dutchman versus the indian now the indian and dutchman versus mr bates now the indian and mr bates versus the dutchman at every instant the combinations varied with kaleidoscopic swiftness they shouted they danced and they shook their fists towards where they guessed each other's faces were the indian who had been drinking whisky between intervals of the quarrel suddenly began to rail and howl in his own language and at times even the dutchman lapsed into the vernacular the kanaka woman lost her wits altogether and declared that in three minutes she would ring for the police then all at once the dutchman swung both fists round him and caught the indian a tremendous crack in the side of the head the indian vented an ear-splitting war-hoop and began pounding mr bates who stood next to him in the next instant the three were fighting all over the room they lost each other they struck furious blows at the empty air they fell over tables and chairs or suddenly came together with a dreadful shock and terrible cries of rage the dutchman bumped against leander and before he could get away had smashed his silk hat down over his ears the noise of their shouting could have been heard a block thief 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 yourself pay oop das fünf dollars no have got no have got and then the door swung in and four officers began rounding them up like stampeded sheep not until he was in the wagon could the dutchman believe that it was not the indian and mr bates who had him by either arm and even in the wagon as they were being driven to the precinct station-house the quarrel broke out from time to time 
as we heard the rattle of the patrol wagon's wheels growing fainter over the cobbles we rose to go the kanaka stood with her hands on her hips glaring at the zinc table with its remnants of truffles chicken beefsteak and its empty bottles then she exclaimed and i'm shy four dollars and six bits on the following saturday night leander and i were coming from a mexican dinner at luna's suddenly someone caught our arms from behind us it was clunas i want to thank you fellows again he exclaimed for your kindness to those three blind chaps the other night it was really good of you i believe they had five dollars to spend between them it was really fine of you leander oh i don't mind five dollars said leander if i can make a poor fellow any happier for a few moments that's the only thing that's worth while in this life i'll bet you felt better and happier for doing it well it did make me happy of course and those three fellows will never forget that night no i guess they won't said leander End of story eight.